0: everyone, welcome to another episode of For Light in Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today we are doing another one of my most highly requested episodes. We are doing a fanfiction reading. Now that I know this is a fan favorite, I will probably do a lot more of these in the future, and I hope you enjoyed this one as much as you liked the first one. As usual, this is a family-friendly story with nothing inappropriate, however there are spoilers for a cameo character that appears very briefly in the second episode of The Kenobi show and it doesn't give away the plot or anything super big, but if you haven't gotten that far in the series and don't want anything at all to be revealed, I would suggest pausing this and coming back after you've seen it. Once again, I'll give you a few seconds to do that. Alright, with the spoiler warning out of the way, I do have a few things to tell you about this story. First, it is a little over 5 pages long, so about 8-10 to minutes. It is based off a prompt from an Empire radio listener who wanted me to write about, quote-unquote, that one homeless clone in Kenobi. It starts off in the middle of Episode 2 of Kenobi and is set primarily on the planet Dayu. And we have a very brief, mysterious description. A clone veteran named Kane meets a man who reminds him of his past. I do also have a mini-challenge for you guys. I want you to try and find and name the references in this story to four places slash missions throughout the Clone War, and I will say the answers at the end. I do have my disclaimer as always, I don't own Star Wars or any of these characters, settings, storylines, etc. This is all just me, writing for personal enjoyment, and hopefully your enjoyment as well. The title is Kane's Jedi, and let's get into it. Actually there is one last thing I forgot to mention, this is Lucy in editing. Please excuse my butchering of the clone's voice at the beginning. I am clearly not a 50-year-old man from New Zealand, and it shows, but I had to keep that dialogue in there for the purpose of the scene, so please just bear with it, and now we can move on with the story. Spare any credits? The man turned with a start, his eyes darting frantically until he found the source of the voice. Instead of relaxing, he stiffened even further and looked like he wanted to be anywhere else. That was a normal reaction, although occasionally someone would give him a more sympathetic look and reach for a wallet. Kane raised his helmet towards the man, not so much in hope as it was in expectation. If someone paused that long, they usually obliged eventually. Sure enough, the cloaked figure slowly moved closer, his eyes flicking from the bucket to the rest of the white and blue armor to Kane's face. Help a veteran get a warm meal. The words were practically instinct after years of practice. Some ignored him, some raised suspicious eyebrows, far fewer seemed to internally shrug and toss the money his way. On Dayu, it was very much an every-man-for-himself situation. Not many people would stop and help someone else, but maybe this man would. Kane kept his arm outstretched, and after another few moments of silence, he heard the satisfying clink of credit chips hitting the plastoid interior. He glanced down to size up the money, then looked back up at the man. Had Cain seen him before? Could it be the style of robe, the straightened posture, or the unlikely kindness that had stirred up hints of familiarity? Or was it the deep, cornflower-blue eyes that seemed to descend into an endless spring of sorrowful wisdom? Whatever it was, there was something about him that spurred on a rush of recollections. Oblivious to Cain's mental state, the generous donor gave him one last, searching look and continued on his way through the streets. The foggy images triggered by the stranger were rolling across his consciousness like a storm. Most days, Cain didn't even remember he had a past, much less see bits and pieces of it coming back on their own accord. And it was even rarer for those fragments to be about… what were they called again? About Jedi. Kane shook his head, not particularly caring if the effort cleared away the fog or cleared away the memory itself. He didn't need to think about the time before, but then again, wasn't as though he had anything else to do. Jedi. Cain once had a Jedi. He had to scrunch his face in concentration to remember anything about them, but he knew he had once had one. Or, wait. Not one. Two. A few of the flickering pictures held glimpses of his general. Dark hair, light skin, and the other qualities were lost. Was this Jedi brave? Probably. Was he a good fighter? Almost certainly. The only thing Kane knew for sure was that he had taken care of the clones, and they had taken care of him. The other was easier to remember, or rather, there was more he remembered. Still couldn't paint the clearest mental picture, but it was something. A young girl, then again, maybe not so young, with sparkling blue eyes and a bright laugh. Not human, maybe... Twi'lek? Ah, Tegruda. Kane couldn't see her face, but he could see the faces of his brothers after they saw her. They would brighten and laugh instead of cry, and know that someone was on their side. He knew they would follow her to the ends of the universe. And now that he thought about it he had known other Jedi who served with other battalions. He remembered one with ginger hair and a serious expression, someone fond of Cain's Jedi. The three of them had teamed up for many a mission. None of it really mattered. It was no more important than knowing a detail from a dream. None of those three warriors were alive, surely not after Order 66. Kane didn't particularly care. But now that the memories were starting to come trickling back in, He also couldn't help wondering what exactly had happened to them. Had they been together when they died? Had the oldest one uttered some dignified final words to himself, or if someone had been able to reach him before he died, to another? Had Kane's general perished in the middle of an attempt to save the others? And the girl they all treated like one of their own? Had her last thought been that the men who used to respect her more than the stars had shot her down in an instant? Back in the present, Kane clenched his hand around his weathered, helmet-turned wallet to pull himself out. He needed to firmly, truly solidify the fact that the past didn't matter. It wasn't as though he could go back and change anything, save his Jedi. <sighs> he scoffed. Save his Jedi. And what, be gunned down by his brothers in a heartbeat? Even if he had been in the right place at the right time, even if he had been in control of himself, even if he had been capable of doing anything to help them, none of it would have mattered. The Empire would have just sent more troops to finish the job and then tossed them all aside afterwards. That was what happened to clones now. Back during the war, they had at least been vital to the Republic's success, but the advanced aging hadn't added any benefits once the new order took over. Cain had lasted how many years? One? Two? before he had been retired and replaced with a brand new recruit. It took at least another dozen months before he started to notice the patchy parts in his memories, times when it was like he hadn't been given a choice or thought in anything. Everything surrounding his service to the Empire was distorted, but he did remember the Jedi hunts. At the time, he had never questioned why the Jedi were traitors. He just followed orders. And now? well. Back when he had bothered thinking about such things, he had searched every corner of his mind for a good reason to kill every single one of those space wizards and came up empty. Horrified wasn't the right word for it. More like disappointed. Kane had never been that sentimental, but even he was distraught to find he'd helped wipe out his former commanding officer's entire organization. He would have remembered doing it himself. If nothing else, he would have remembered shooting his own Jedi. It didn't really matter who had done it if they ended up dead somehow, but a tiny part of him was glad someone else had beaten him to the job. Wait, none of it mattered. Why was he wasting his time with this? Why was he suddenly so obsessed with the distant memories of a forgotten age? Kane considered the alternate options. He could keep asking passersby for credits. Post a pointless when hardly anyone listened. He could count the few credits he had in the helmet. They weren't enough anyways, and it wouldn't take long enough to be distracting. He could sit there in the dark, in the dirt, on the streets where he'd be sitting for the rest of his life without purpose. Or he could let go of the rigid rules of reality for once, and just think about what he'd left behind. Of course, he didn't owe his Jedi anything, and it wasn't like remembering could actually help them. He was one old veteran who hadn't even been the one to fire the final shot. But when he found himself starting to sink deeper into the haze of moments, he didn't make any move to stop himself. Jesse's arms slung around his shoulders after cracking a joke in the muted white hallways of the clone's first home. Rex's voice, just like his own, shouting orders in the chaos of a rocky stadium. An invisible hand knocking down rows of droids as the General cleared the way through dazzling crystal structures. The emerald sparkle of the Commander's lightsabers slashing through fifty enemies to save one clone, a beacon of light even hundreds of meters below the salty waves. Kane's fingers clenched around the trigger of a blaster, annoyingly shooting his own brothers at the order of a false Jedi. The low, nasal voice crackling over his helmet speakers to give an order that would change the galaxy forever. How Kane's pounding footsteps matched the pace of his heart as he scoured the home of the Jedi for survivors. The worn holster that had once held a weapon used for deeds that went far beyond petty crime. The rounded edge of the helmet that had once been his pride and joy, now only a ghost to hold offerings of goodwill he didn't deserve. The crinkled eyes colored like a rain-soaked sky that had sparked that first recognition. He finally wrenched himself out of the tempest and back into the real world, shoving his armored fists into the cement to ground himself. Everything was a whirl of memory and senses and reasoning and- Emotion. Emotions he hadn't felt in almost a decade. Emotions he had thought were gone for good. There was no heartbreaking pain, guilt, or loneliness, nothing like in holodramas, but there was a soft, lamenting rhythm that echoed through his bones. To say that he missed the way things used to be would be an overstatement. Things had never been perfect at any point in his life, and the battlefield during the Clone War wasn't much better than the current state of things. But he could say that he missed the people who used to be. Jesse and Rex, Kicks and Korok, Fives and Tup. All of his brothers used to be there with him from the first war of battle to the final waking moments. And with a small but powerful part of his existence, he missed his Jedi. They had seen the battalion through thick and thin, betrayal and camaraderie day in and day out. They had all done something to ease the pressure on the clones, whether by telling stories to the ones stuck in the medbay, triple-checking casualty reports so no man got left behind, or somehow ending up with a schedule that let the weary soldiers rest for as long as they could. Now they were gone. No one stayed forever, not the Jedi, not the Empire, not his brothers, but Kane still missed the ones he had lost. As he slowly settled back into the usual routine, calling out to anyone who looked slightly less menacing than the average scoundrel, Kane still had questions and still didn't know what to think. He did know that he wouldn't be able to stay away from the memories forever, but now he didn't want to completely bury his past. There were real people back there, and even though he couldn't bring them back, he didn't want to forget they had ever existed. The galaxy was divided. Nothing could be restored to how it used to be. His fellow soldiers were dead, the former guardians of peace vanquished. But no matter how much changed, those courageous, compassionate, sometimes crazy force-wielders would always be Kane's Jedi. And that was enough to give him hope. Well, that is the end of the fanfiction, but not of this episode. And now we know I can fully produce a fanfiction reading episode from scratch in as fast as three weeks. we will probably space them out five weeks apart or more. Um, I had a lot of fun writing this. As you know, I love clones. I think they're really interesting and deep characters. And I love to explore them in writing. Hopefully you had fun exploring with me. I really like how Kane thinks none of those three Jedi were alive anymore, of course. Referring to Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, when all three did survive from a certain point of view. I also enjoy sneaking the title into stories here and there, and I managed to slip in the words Kane's Jedi or his Jedi six times in there, so that is an accomplishment in itself. <laughs> and I did not edit this as much as I did Maybe She'll Come Back, so it's not as polished as it could be, but I had to get an episode out there. And now, the real reason you stayed this far into the episode, the answer to the mini-challenge. The first one is a reference to the Battle of Geonosis, then the Battle of Christophsis, the Battle of Moncala, and the Battle of Umbara. And you can go back and try and find them again now that you know what to look for. And I just thought it would be cool to sneak in little hints to Clone Wars, little easter eggs, and hopefully you had some fun trying to figure out which ones they were. Also, I had a bit of difficulty deciding on a name, but I ended up going with Kane in honor of Tom Kane who is the incredible narrator and also plays Admiral Yularen, Yoda, and several other characters throughout the Clone Wars series, and I really admire his work, so shout out to him. And to wrap up this episode, we do have the ways so you can support this podcast and reach out. You do have the option to send in a voicemail, and unless you ask me to keep it private or it is not family-friendly, I will play it on the show. You can also leave a rating and a review wherever you listen so that new people come over and find this podcast. You can follow the podcast so you don't miss any of my upcoming episodes. And finally, you can share the podcast with your community so we can grow our community here. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our world together.